0: Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. Delighted to have you with me. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you would like to be on the program, I have news for my Texas listeners. I learned something new from the Foundation for uh, Economics Education. It's a headline and it actually goes back to January 22nd of 2019. It's an older story, but it's worth focusing on for a moment. Texas now produces more oil than every country in the world besides Russia, Saudi Arabia, and Iraq. That's from 2019. I am told uh, the situation is pretty much the same today because so much of Texas oil is produced on private lands and the federal government has deterred uh, exploration and drilling on public lands and in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, But I want to read you some of this. and Again, it's from 2019. As a result of the impressive eye-popping ongoing surges in Texas's oil production over the last decade, the Lone Star State recently surpassed Canada's oil output for the first time this year, except for a few previous outlier months when production in Canada dropped sharply. And Texas now produces more oil than all other countries except Russia, Saudi Arabia, and Iraq. And if the recent year-over-year output increase of 25 to 35% in recent months continues in Texas, it won't be long before the state's crude oil production tops Iraq's daily output and it would only be Russia and Saudi Arabia that are that outproduce the Lone Star State. The near quintupling or quintupling of oil output in Texas from about 1 million barrels per day in 2008 is what will likely be more than 5 billion 5 million barrels of oil. By the end of 2019, ranked the state as the world's number four oil producing nation, in quotes, fueled by 35% annual increases in recent months. Texas, if it was a standalone nation, would be an oil producing nation. Instead, it has made the United States an oil producing nation. Texas has frankly sustained our national appetite for oil more than most. And again, because so much of the oil produced in Texas is produced on private lands that the federal government uh, can't undermine by restricting access to it on federal lands and in the ocean. The problem is that the Biden administration is deeply opposed to this. The Biden administration wants to force a transition because of climate change. And the problem is that we're not ready for it. We don't have the energy infrastructure. I took a longtime friend of mine to dinner on Thursday night, and he was telling me he's a big advocate of electric vehicles, has already got his uh, order in for uh, uh, the new Ford F-150 that can power your house. He owned a Tesla, decided he did not like the color, After having bought the car, decided he really, he likes red vehicles. I'm I'm not a red vehicle fan. He is, he always has been as long as I've known him. Uh, When I first met him, uh, he had a red Miata. So he bought a second Tesla. And when that car arrived, he sold the first Tesla and made $7,000 after paying everything else off. The car market is so insane, including for electric vehicles, that though he owned that first car, he knew he could resell it for more than he bought the second car and made a profit off of the sale. But he also deemed the rear quarter panel of his Tesla. Now, here's the thing. I have a GMC Yukon Denali. I bought it July of last year. It's got less than 30,000 miles on it. Uh, I actually, uh, by buying it, I had a 2019, and I sold it because I wanted the new model with the wireless CarPlay. I really wanted all the bells and whistles, so I got the new car with the wireless CarPlay and stuff. I actually like my old vehicle a little better. I think the seat's more comfortable. Uh, It's got a bigger gas tank. It wasn't four-wheel drive. This one, though, saved me when I went fly fishing. Uh, I went up to North Georgia rented a house up in uh, on Lake Burton, was fly fishing on a, a farm of some friends, but got up there late at night. I uh, had to take a, a left turn that was a sharp um, angle back and it was pouring down rain. the gravel road gave way and I slid into a phone pole. Not badly, but just enough. doing that sharp turn. And then suddenly remembered Miracle of Miracles for the first time in my life, I owned a four-wheel drive. And I pushed the button, activated the four-wheel drive, and all was well. But I deemed the back quarter pedal, scraped a little bit of the, the back passenger door on the driver's side, and, and put a small dent. You can't really notice it unless I point it out. The repair, about $1,000. So my friend with the Tesla hit a uh, basically turned sharp. Got a bit of a pole, put a dent in uh, right in front of the, the rear driver's side, rear passenger side wheel, rather. Um, not much of a dent, but it's there. $16,000 to replace that piece of the car because of the way Teslas are built. $16,000. My GMC Yukon Denali from Jim Ellis. It's actually more expensive than the Tesla he has. And it only cost me $1,000 to fix the rear quarter panel. Cost him $16,000. Now, he loves his Tesla. And he's not paying for gas. And he commutes a lot until he lives up in Washington, D.C., commutes back and forth a lot. Uh, and, and he loves it. Uh, and, you know, honestly, I, there are times like this where I think, you know, I drive so much back and forth to Atlanta. Uh, having a battery-powered car actually would definitely save me money in the long run. I just don't want to buy one. But I, I, I can see the benefit. The problem, though, is that given his line of work, he can afford to buy a Tesla, not like it, buy a second Tesla, and then then replace the first one. I can afford, in fact, I got a really good deal uh, on on my Denali, and I'm actually saving money because interest rates at the time, I got like a 0.7% interest rate at the time, uh, and uh, the value of my older car was so much more than what it had been, I was able to trade it in and lower my note. Now, not everybody can do that. The problem is middle-class Americans don't have access to battery-powered cars. Joe Manchin wants to incentivize and subsidize battery-powered cars. There aren't enough. And when you get them, they are fueled by coal. More likely than not, they're fueled by coal and natural gas. That's what so much of our power grid is on. And if everybody got one and we all plugged them in, we would shut down the whole American power grid. And good luck when China launches the the electromagnetic pulse weapon at us, all your cars die. We can't convert quickly enough. And the Democrats, because all of their friends have already got battery-powered cars, they, 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 they don't acknowledge it. They don't recognize it. They don't care. They've just gotten really, really bad at this. Texas has been subsidizing their wishful thinking. Texas has been making it economically possible for the Democrats to think they could do all sorts of stuff. The problem is the good times are over, not because Texas is raining it in, but because uh, we've got an appetite for oil and the Biden administration is doing everything they can to stop us from getting it out of the ground, thinking they're going to save the planet when they're not. I mean, even Norway is starting to pump more oil and Norway is way more climate conscious than we are. And Norway recognizes there is a need. They're just terrible about this because they're so dogmatic about climate change and so dogmatic about fossil fuels in this country when we need them. Uh, Maybe we should just put Texas in charge of the country instead of having the country in charge of Texas and we would all be better off. Ramesh Panuru was on uh, this week on ABC this weekend talking about all the, these these issues with the Biden administration.
1: People don't wait to hear from the media or the NBER whether they're in a recession. Um, if most people's paycheck is going, you know, is, is, is not going as far as it used to. And that is true. Um, they're going to think this is a recession, they're going to think this is a bad economy, and they're going to hold the party in power accountable. This administration, I think, has consistently played the politics of the economy badly. First, in denying that inflation was going to happen, denying it was going to stick around, and now getting into this absurd definitional argument about whether we're in a recession or not. I think that that is going to actually slightly compound the problem by making them also look out of touch.
0: Yeah, They got all sorts of problems. Frank Lutz talking about the Biden administration. In the polling that was done by Gallup,
1: more people have a negative opinion over the institutions that run this country than ever before. All-time lows. And it's not just the White House or Congress or Republican or Democrat. It's the courts, the Supreme Court. It's healthcare, It's doctors. It's everybody right now. And, John, at a certain point this fragile coalition that we call the united states at a certain point it could come apart i know you make fun of me for being a pessimist well sometimes pessimists are correct i am pessimistic i'm afraid of of credibility and i think we have to tell people the truth and that's why i go back to the recession tell people the truth if they feel like they're in the recession they are
0: If they feel like they're in a recession, they are. Tell people the truth. The Biden administration can't do that. Now, listen. uh, I I, let me be very fair here. Look, I I want to be fair. I do. I want to put things in proper context. I try to be intellectually honest with you guys, so you can you can understand what's going on, uh, even if you disagree with me. But I want to read you something real quick, uh, just for proper perspective on the state of play in the economy. The reason that the Biden administration and so many economists do not believe we are in a recession despite the traditional definition is because while things are certainly slowing down, one of the big indicators of a recession is layoffs. And actually, we still have a uh, demand for labor in the market. Consumer spending actually is continuing at a healthy pace, even as inflation is eroding dollars. Salaries are going up, even as inflation makes it look like people are bringing home less. When you actually strip out government transfer payments, uh, economic morphine, what you actually see is that private sector wages and salaries are up, even without government subsidy. So you look at all of these factors, and you take out the government subsidy, and what you find is that the economy has actually been doing well according to the economic metrics. That's why they say we're not in a recession. But here's the problem. When you feel like you are in a recession, you begin to behave like you are in a recession, and it would almost becomes self-fulfilling. And this White House is belittling people who think we're in a recession. But look at your household. Yes, consumer spending is going up or holding steady. But you yourself in the middle class, you don't have the money to be spending on a lot of stuff. You're having to start making cutbacks. And even now, the the wealthy are beginning to make cutbacks as well. They're beginning to feel the pinch. So if we're not in a recession, we're certainly headed into one. You've got rising interest rates. Typically, when the Fed raises more than a, more than a 100 basis points or 1%, you get a recession within a year. Manufacturing is already declining, which is a warning sign. Interest rates are still going to go up. People are beginning to cut back their spending, even at the upper incomes right now. We're still in a labor shortage. Uh, Older Americans are retiring. Younger Americans are not filling the void. We've got all sorts of economic problems in the country right now. We have all sorts of economic problems. On paper, you look at the economic data, it suggests even with two quarters of negative growth, which may be revised upward, we're in a recession, but on paper, does not look like we are because of all these other metrics? But the problem is, and this gets to something Frank Luntz has said, this gets to something Ramesh Panuru and others have said on television over the weekend, the American public feels like they're in a recession. It is actually impacting their household right now. Their household is feeling rising rates. Their household is feeling high gas prices. Their households are feeling high grocery prices. Their households are feeling all the the rising costs as their kids get ready to go back to school. All the, the school supplies are more expensive. School uniforms are more expensive. All of these things. And so they're having to cut back in other areas people feel like we're in a recession so if we're not in one right now we're going to be in one very soon and the problem for this White House is that the American people believe we're already there and when we get to an actual one the White House says oh guess what now we're in a recession the American public will say what took you so long and we'll just reinforce how out of touch this White House is. Everybody asked me about bowl and branch sheets. I actually put up a picture the other day. We got some in our house because we order from them. We actually are customers. And they're like, oh my gosh, are they really that good? Yes. They get softer every single time you wash them. I mean, they use hundred percent organic cotton threads. They're super soft. You get such a good sleep. They have just the great weight to them. Like I had a pair of sheets we actually threw away when we replaced them with Bowling Branch Where is they were just like too light and also not very soft. The Bowling Branch, they're perfect. The drape across your body when you sleep, absolutely perfect. Bowling Branch uses the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness, for a better night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 stellar reviews. Their signature sheets come in nine neutral colors in all sizes from Twin to California king you will feel the difference and they're 100% free from toxins no pesticides no formaldehyde no harsh chemicals get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code eric e-r-i-c-k at bolenbranch.com that's Boland Branch b-o-l-l-a-n-d-branch.com the promo code is eric e-r-i-c-k hello there It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of this program, you are more than welcome to. I would like to suggest that you should subscribe to my daily email for a lot of reasons. Um, But also chief among them, if you're a paid subscriber, you get the daily show notes that come out right when we start the show. You don't have to go to a website or anything. You just get it in your inbox and it's all the links and more, all the stuff we're going to talk about. I just don't think I should tell you what to think about stuff. I think I should tell you what's going on in the world and provide you the tools by which you can think for yourself Uh, and arrive at your own conclusions. I'll tell you what I think. I want you to think for yourself, uh, but I want, want to give you the good analysis so you can do that. And that email helps because you can read the stories for yourself. Uh, what you do is you text the word data to 33777. You'll see the email to or link to my daily email. Just subscribe. Now, if you're a free subscriber and you can subscribe for free as well. Uh, the subscription is seven bucks a month or $70 a year for the paid stuff with the show notes and the exclusive interviews, the videos, the discounts for the conference. But you get my morning stuff every day for free, which is always worth it. In fact, I've kind of gone viral on the internet today. The other day, I mentioned the spamming by uh, Republican consultants. And I've kind of gone viral on the internet for it today. Republican consultants have a spam problem, they are blaming Google and Apple claiming Google and Apple are blocking their emails to Republicans particular, their donor emails. I've mentioned this before. I actually did actual reporting and actually interviewed people. I interviewed Republican consultants, and it is horrific what they told me. One Republican consultant told me that uh, one of the major Republican uh, campaign firms offered to share lists to maximize revenue, And what they admitted to doing was taking their one list, uh, sending it via three different internet service providers to improve rates, which meant, and they, they did it six times a day. So they emailed this list six times a day through three different internet service providers to try to avoid spam filters, which meant you, the end user, are getting 18 emails a day in triplicate. It's absolutely bizarre that they would do this. They're killing their open rates. It's bad list management. I used to have to uh, manage email lists. You do not do that sort of stuff. You don't email constantly because it lowers your click through. Put it this way. I get a 20 to 25% open rate with the emails that I send and I have a massive list. Because I rarely send, and when I send, it's a meaningful email that I have sent. Republicans are getting 5% or less in their open rates because they're sending 24 times a day in 24 hours garbage that's not well written, not well sourced, and is an annoyance. Of course, they're getting trapped as spam by Google and Apple. Google and Apple aren't the bad guys here. They're the good guys for saving us from all of this crap. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. Glad to have you with me. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you would like to be a part of the program, glad to have you with me. I got to talk about, well, bad news, not for you and me though. Uh, The Republicans, this is from CBS. CBS has released its Battleground Tracker Polling and the Republicans, uh, if they were to do nothing, would get 230 seats. Remember, you're going to have 218 to win. They would get 230, uh, largely because of redistricting and the way some were playing out. um, They would get it. Republicans, by the way, are also on track to pick up the Senate at this point. Um, And it's going to be interesting to see where all of this goes. Um, Also, that uh, there is new polling out from Fox News. I've told you that uh, traditionally in Georgia, the Republicans tend to underperform during the summer and fall. Uh, Fox News is just out rating Georgia a toss-up. Their new polling is Herschel Walker, 42, Raphael Warnock, 46, Um, and... I suspect uh, that Walker Cannon probably will win cuz again if you're within 3 4 points where he is when you take all these polls and the polling average together there's one outlier poll that has them like 10 points apart nobody even the democrats don't believe that uh, this is a this is a race that Walker Cannon probably will win So you've got uh, Decision Desk HQ noting that Republicans are now favored to take back the Senate for the first time in a while since really June. uh, The headwinds look in their direction unless um, Donald Trump screws it up with a Missouri endorsement today. There's a rumor he might endorse the sociopath Eric Greitens, uh, which would cause problems there if Greitens were to win. Uh, But overall... The GOP looks like they're going to take back the House. But there are more problems for Democrats. Part of it is uh, more people are identifying as Republican again. And... Among Democratic likely voters, only 35% say they're going to vote on the economy and inflation. 54% of Republicans say they are. The problem here is that that doesn't really tell you a lot. What it tells you, one, is more Republicans are going to vote than Democrats. So more people who care about the economy are going to vote Republican. Uh, And the the 76% say they're going to vote for Congress based on uh, the way things are in the country. 66% are going to vote for what Democrats might do, 63% for what Republicans might do. That really actually tells you a lot of what people are going to be voting for is to vote against Democrats. When Republicans are favor. Just, just follow along with me in the data, how you interpret this stuff. Uh, more people are going to vote Republican. More independents are going to vote Republican. More Republicans overall are going to vote. Democrats are thinking they may stay home. And then 76% of the overall voter pool is going to vote on the economy. 66% on what Democrats might do and 63% on what Republicans might do. That kind of tells you that there's a wave building against the Democrats more than for the Republicans. How much is a vote for Congress about Biden? 62% say Republicans uh, a lot. 24% say not so much. 39% of Democrats say their vote for Congress is about Biden. 34% say some of it is. 27% say not much. What about the independents there? Well, again, they're voting. They're voting. Republican. But here's the big problem for the Democrats. In the CBS News deep dive, Hispanic voters are tied Republican and Democrat. Hispanic voters are tied Republican and Democrat. Uh, that's not good. If you are a Democrat, you're supposed to be able to pick up a sizable majority of the Hispanic vote if you're a Democrat. And they're not. And by the way, in some states, uh, those of you listening down in WOKV or WDBO down in Florida, hi, Orlando and Jacksonville. Jacksonville is WOKV, Orlando, WDBO. Those are two of my affiliates down there. Um, Hispanic voters in Florida leaning pretty decisively to the GOP. Nationwide, they're tied. In states like Florida and in Georgia, a swing state now, more than Florida, Georgia's a swing state right now, and Hispanic voters are decisively going Republican. That's actually not good at all for the Democrats. In the Texas border region, the Rio Grande Valley, Hispanic voters, overwhelmingly trending Republican. I've been warning you guys this was going to happen. And it's happening. I, I've been telling you, get ready for it. And then there's a general malaise among Democrats and deep frustration about Joe Biden and what they're doing on abortion as Democrats. On abortion, the Democratic Party is 59% of Democratic voters say not doing enough to protect access. Also among young women, the number one issue is abortion. Interestingly enough, but then here's telling among Republican voters, Republican voters believe Donald Trump more than Congress is fighting on issues that matter for them. Should be a red flag for the Republicans, except Donald Trump's not in power. Now, here's the other thing that I find very notable in the CBS poll. Uh, Among likely voters by party, 76% of Democrats say January 6th is very important for your vote. 45% of independents say that. 15% of Republicans say that. But let's put this all in perspective for you. When you look at the individual polling data, it can be somewhat of a jumble when you look and, and, and you try to analyze, prioritize, and figure out what's really happening here. What are the trend lines? The trend lines actually that aren't that difficult to follow along with. Let, let me just give you a couple. Uh Joe Biden has a real clear politics polling average approval rating of thirty eight point nine percent, doing a little better than he had been. Some of the late polling doesn't have it as close, although Reuters Ipsos has him down by twenty one. Put it in perspective, Rasmussen reports, which is considered Republican-leaning, only has him down by 10 points. CBS News has him down 16 points. But then what about the generic ballot? In the generic ballot, uh, the Republicans have rebounded. The CBS News puts the GOP uh, up two, which is where Gallup has found them. Emerson has them up one. Uh, the Economist UGov has the Democrats up six. Economist UGov has had the Democrats up the whole time. So you got the New York Times, CNN poll has the GOP up one, Emerson College has them up one, Fox News has them up three, CNBC has them up two, and CBS has the GOP up two. Economist, UGov has the Democrats up six, USA Today Suffolk has them up four, Political Morning Consult has the Democrats up four. Uh, George Washington University battleground poll has the Democrats up two, which even they say it means the Republicans have an advantage because of the way they score it. Quinnipiac has the Democrats up one. I mean, in the polling average, the GOP is up. The Democrats know they have real problems. And in fact, now this, uh, uh, Naomi Lim from the Washington Examiner, Democrats split on Biden one-term pledge. Democrats are becoming increasingly vocal in discouraging President Biden from seeking reelection, But there is disagreement about whether he is making a one-term, whether his making a one-term pledge could help his party before elections in November. Representative Dean Phillips, a Democrat of Minnesota, became the first member of Congress to go on record and contend that Biden should not run again in 2024. No, Phillips told a Minnesota radio station, the country would be well served by a new generation of compelling, well-prepared, dynamic Democrats who step up. It's time for a generational change. Most of my colleagues agree with that. 75% of Democratic and Democratic-leaning voters want the party to nominate another standard-bearer, according to CNN. A New York Times poll has it as 64% of Democrats, 94% among young voters. In the Washington Post, Steven Eisenberg... A prominent Democrat suggested Joe Biden should go on record now with a one term pledge, and that could help the Democrats. It's not going to help the Democrats because the Democrats have another problem. Gabriel de Benedetti in New York Magazine, a reliably liberal publication, has the headline The Kamala Conundrum. Harris is careful not to be seen as overtly angling for the presidency. But it is no coincidence that this summer she visited the early voting and often decisive state of South Carolina in which black voters make up most of the primary electorate. Top party donors have privately worried to close Obama allies. They're skeptical of Harris's prospects as a presidential candidate, citing the implosion of her 2020 campaign and her struggles as vice president, jockeying from other potential competitors, like frenemy Gavin Newsom, suggest that few would defer to her if Biden retired, yet Harris's strength among the party's most influential voters nonetheless puts her in a position to be in poll position. I keep saying, and I will keep saying, One of the biggest problems the Democratic Party in America has today is a lack of a bench. Republicans have been so thoroughly trouncing the Democrats since the beginning of the century. They don't have a deep bench. Yes, the Republicans got wiped out in 2006 and in 2008. But they began to rebound in 2010. That only gave the Democrats four years. Remember, uh, Bush and the Republicans rebounded in 2000, even though he lost the popular vote. Bush got into office. Republicans held everything. The Senate flipped by a vote. They got it back in 2002. They held it through 2004. They only began losing in 2006. They started getting it back in 2010. They swept through in 2010 at local races. I mean, you go to 2010, the losses for the Democratic Party down to the local level were so bad, Got to go back to the 1890s to find comparable losses for the Democratic Party. And they've been losing a lot at the local level ever since, outside of major cities. And the Democrats forget about that. But you have so many legislatures controlled by the Republicans, so many governor's mansions controlled by the Republicans. Republicans set to take back the House, favored now to take back the Senate. The Democrats just do not have a good bench of people. And the public is already getting to know these people. They're getting getting—they're already getting to know who Pete Buttigieg is, and they're not impressed. They already know who Kamala Harris is, and they're not impressed. They already know who the squad is and they're scared to death of them. No, Gavin Newsom is not known by most Americans. Maybe he's the best they've got. But if you pay attention to what's happening in Democratic primaries around the country right now, the progressives are getting beaten uniformly by moderates. And Gavin Newsom is on the side of the progressives, not the moderates. He's on the side of the party that can't hold the American public. The Democrats have a problem they don't seem to want to admit it or acknowledge it but they don't have a bench of candidates and the GOP has a farm team they're building down to the school board level in states this is going to cause a long-term problem for Democrats when they don't have an experienced set of politicians who voters can look at who the voters don't already know from the national stage and say yeah I kind of like this guy Voters are already learning who the Democrats are on the national stage, and they don't much care for what they see right now because they're blaming the Democrats, not the Republicans, for the economic turmoil of the country. That is a long-term disadvantage for the Democratic Party coming at the same time Hispanic voters are moving right and younger black voters are starting to move right as well. They got problems, and they have yet to figure out how to tackle them, and I'm okay with that. What they need to do is they need to get all the Democrats in a room. All of the Democrats in a room, nationwide, bring them all into a room. Get a big auditorium. Get get a big get a big arena. Bring them all in. Fire up some Eden Pure thunderstorms and clean the air. Just just start over. Get fresh air on there. Start the Eden Pure thunderstorm can clean the air. It gets rid of the pollen. It gets rid of the dust, the mold, the mildew. More importantly, and the reason I use it is because the Eden Pure thunderstorm also eliminates odors. I mean it really works to eliminate odors. You fire up an Eden Pure Thunderstorm and it can take out fry odors, pet odors, smoke odors, you name it. You can run one upstairs, one downstairs, you get one for your basement, you get 3 of them uh for less than $200 right now with this great deal. You go to edenpuredeals.com, Eden like the garden of Eden. edenpuredeals.com. You put in my discount code ERIC3. E R I C K 3. And you will get three Eden Pure thunderstorms for less than $200. You'll save $200. You'll get free shipping. You can start cleaning the air in your house. You can eliminate odors. I keep one in my suitcase because I can wipe out odors in a hotel room if they're musty or someone's been smoking or there have been pets. Same with a rental car. You can plug it up with a USB cord or you can plug it directly into the wall. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3. (laughs) Well... I did what I probably shouldn't have done. (laughs) So Fox News has some polling out, uh, and they've polled in Georgia. They've got Herschel Walker down four points from Raphael Warnock. Raphael Warnock, the incumbent Democratic senator, at 46%, Herschel Walker at 42% in Georgia. And I looked online to see and the number of Democrats who are despondent despondent over this um and I gotta tell you I gotta play you some audio if I can find it. I didn't get Charlie to cut this up earlier, but let me see if I can I can uh play this because it's deeply deeply disparaging uh that we would we would get this um on Herschel Walker from um. MSNBC they're just I mean it, it flat out racism if you I mean you just you gotta listen to this uh this is again uh Eli Mistel he is a political commentator on MSNBC.
1: Republican back candidate has also pushed some of the GOP's greatest hits, the boogeyman that is critical race theory, fear mongering against the trans community and more, and bizarre anti-science claims that are too foolish and stupid to try to regurgitate here. And as Jordans try to weed through the former NFL star's lies and outlandish claims, it's really unclear if they will ever get to hear him defend his so-called agenda on the debate floor back with me is ellie mistall justice correspondent at the nation and author of the new york times best-selling book allow me to retort a black guy's guide to the constitution ellie honestly my beloved Georgia, what are the folks doing out there? How is this still a toss up? Because the poll by the uh, Atlanta Journal-Constitution released Wednesday indicates we're not topping Walker uh, at 46% to 43%, with roughly 3% of voters saying they'll back a uh, libertarian candidate, Chase Oliver, and 8% undecided. Make it make sense for me.
0: Yeah, first of all, I just want to thank the GOP for nominating a running back from Dallas to run in Georgia and a TV doctor from New Jersey to run in Pennsylvania. That's, thank you guys, right? Yes. But yes, it's going to be a close election in Georgia because Walker is has the backing of the Republicans. Now you ask why are Republicans backing this man who's so clearly unintelligent, who so clearly doesn't have independent thoughts, but that's actually the reason. Walker's right. gonna do what he's told. And that's what Republicans like. That's what Republicans want from their Negroes to do what they're told. That was commentary on MSNBC, flat out racism about Herschel Walker saying Republicans want their black candidates to do what they are told, did not say black candidates, and he's going to get a pass to this guy. He's going to get a pass from the media. The media will give him the pass for saying this, and they're an absolute meltdown because they know historically Republicans run behind in Georgia, four or five points, and then they win. Herschel Walker is going to win this race, and people like this in the media are going to help him do it.